Okay, good evening, everyone. Thank you again for coming. So last time we learned together, we began Simen Sadi Gimel, which is the classic halacha of, we know, of having separate pots and pans for milchiks and fleshiks. As the Gemara says, Kedera Shebishel Babasar, and that's quoted in the Machaber here in the beginning of Simen Sadi Gimel, that a person should not use their fleshik pots for milchiks. Now that's a din lechatchila. Bidiyavit, and this happens all the time, if someone, in fact, used the wrong spoon and pot and pan, so typically there'll be one of two heterim. Heter number one, which we would find regarding spoons, perhaps, if you took the wrong spoon and put it into the soup or a spatula or a ladle, that's the heter of shishim, of bitab shishim. And we uh, learned the shach and the taz outside. We learned that that wouldn't apply necessarily in a pot. We would assume that the pot, the contents of a pot are not 60 times the walls of the pot, and therefore we don't necessarily have the heter of shishim. We went through a few exceptions. Number one would be in situations where you do not need bitl b'shishim, where there's other standards of bitl. For example, by bishalakum, if someone took a bishalakum item and they use that in a mixture, so then it will be batal b'rayv, or kidneyus on Pesach, or perhaps chalas chutzla aretz, according to the Shulchan Aruch, not the Ramah, the Ramah's Machan, but according to the Shulchan Aruch, chalas chutzla aretz is batal b'rayv. You have other examples. Let's say something was only asr kedei klipa, and let's say the pot only became asr kedei klipa. Someone did iroy, he poured hot uh, soup, non-kosher soup into the pot, and the pot only needs kedei klipa. So we do have shishim against klipa, and that comes up regarding uh, scotch, aged in, uh, we spoke about sherry cast, those type of things where you only need klipa, so then you do have you do have shishim in the contents against the pot. Another hector on that note would be, let's say, you're only dealing with the, uh, the isser of stam yayenam, which is non-kosher wine or non-kosher grape juice. So if you're dealing with a liquid, in a li- liquid in the container, you only need six times to one, and therefore you could have situations where you do have shishim against the pot. That was one exception, where you don't need bitl b'shishim. A second ex- exception would be, let's say you have extremely, uh, you have an extremely large pot with very thin walls. So although we said typically you don't have 60 times in the contents against the walls of the pot, but if you find a very thin pot, we gave an example regarding uh, kosher trailers, uh, the trucking industry, where they're hauling commodities in uh, food trailers, and a product is touching the walls of a of, of a keli, so to say, and because they are very thin, you would have bitl against it. You would have bitl in your in your corn syrup or your coconut oil against the uh, the, the kedera. So that was one example. Another example would be a vat. A uh, third example we said, which would be an exception to the rule that we assume you always you never have shishim against the pot, would be if you have a continuous flow. So. In the Shulchan Aruch's days, a pot could only hold a certain amount. There was a maximum of how much it could, it could contain. But today you have, you could have a heated equipment where you're running liquid on that equipment, and the liquid is it's constantly flowing. So Lachari could have 5 million gallons of apple juice going against the equipment, and you would indeed have bittel with the contents against the, uh, the keli. So that was one Are wood, wood kalim different than metal kalim? For, for, for this halacha, no. We'll see. Maybe we'll find an exception once in a while. Because you see layers. When you look at wood, some wood, like you look at a piece of plywood, you see a lot of layers, like a, like a wafer deal. Right. We would assume it's one you know, kalim. 
It's still 1K11. It's, it's, yeah. Some place can talk about, let's say, plastic. We have different parts of a plastic. Not, 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 not one plastic pot, but let's say, give an example. An example would be, let's say, a microwave. So many people have a microwave oven right on top of their stovetop. So we learned the halachas of Zeah that there's typically no issue. You're not going to have Yatsa lettuce boy of Zeah, but let's say you have Yatsa lettuce boy of Zeah going into the, the oven on top. So one of the theorem that you can rely on is the fact that the microwave is not one, it's not one plastic that there's multiple layers. There's the bottom part, which is facing the stovetop. That's one, that's one piece. And the microwave itself is another piece. So therefore the Zaya, the, the steam wouldn't ruin your microwave necessarily. But if it's just one wood, it's a barrel, you would say, or, or, or uh, I don't know, you have a wooden uh, pot or you have a wooden wok. You would say that's one Kaylee and there's, you know, the blia would go into the entire thing. Okay, so back to our halacha. So again, the Shulchan Aruch and Simon Tzadik Yimus Ekeder Shabishav Babasar Lo Yivash Shabachalav, and that's how we know we have two. You have separate kalim for Mochaks and Fleishiks. One hetter we said was Bittel Bashisha, and the second one the Mechaber said is that Pidiyevet, if the pot was not used in the previous twenty-four hours for the other item. So if you had if you cooked Mochaks in a Fleishik pot, but the pot was not used for Fleishiks. Within the previous 24 hours, it's mutter. That is the concept of noisin tam lefgam. And once the blia is older than 24 hours, we say that that blia has a bad taste and it wouldn't give, it wouldn't affect anything cooked in it. So that's the second hetter that a rabbi would say. Hetter number one is he'll try to find shishim. Hetter number two is noisin tam lefgam. We spoke about stam kalim enim bin yoiman, bidiyevit situations where someone found something that was already cooked and he's not sure uh, the status of the pot. So if you could assume that it's Eina Ben Yoimai, Halacha is, you're allowed to eat it. We spoke about buying coffee. Another example just came up. There's a state fair, Minnesota state fair, happening right now. And there's a fellow who, who's not an, is not an observant Jew, but he's uh, he calls himself a rabbi, and he puts out a list of different kosher items uh, by the state fair. So one of them is very interesting. One of them is an is a, a item called the corn roast. So Minnesota is uh, home to a lot of corn growers. So some fellow grows sweet corn. They bring it to the state fair. People, people live in it the entire year from this one week of business. You know, upstate, you have 12 weeks of business. People live a whole year on one week of business at the state fair. There's millions of people that go there. So they roast the corn in a fire pit. Good. Sounds good, right? Sounds, so the yeah, question is, smell it already. <laughs> what could what could be what could be problematic with the uh, with the corn? So from a from a you know trefus standpoint, the rabbi is correct. There's not much of an issue because the the the, the pot or it's not it's not a pot. It's a roaster. It's dedicated for corn. Now maybe you can't ask him to make it for you just in case they ever use it for something else. But once it's already made, the halacha is stam kalim ain't a b'nei I can assume even if they uh, they cooked pork on this once upon a time, it's already done, it's b'dei the corn was already made, and we pask, and that's called b'dei it was already made. So l'chari, you should be allowed to eat it. There's a totally different issue with corn, and that is that corn in its husk, without it being washed, uh, without it being checked, there's going to be bugs, and you're eating uh, shrotzim by, by, by consuming this corn. So you wouldn't even think of bugs. And for most people, when they grill corn on the uh, on, on the grill, they remove the husk, and uh, there wouldn't be an issue. But if you're eating it with the husk itself, so how do you know there's no bugs in there? And that would probably be an issue. Again, I don't want to say it's 100% husser, but that would be the real issue there, not necessarily the issue of the kalim, because in a stam kalim 
there's no it's not it's not been you could assume even if they used it for personal use this uh fire pit okay anyways it would have libun it's a roast it's a big fire but the hector would be stam kalim in ayman but uh, i can't recommend people to eat it because the the bug issue unless it's checked unless you check the uh wouldn't the bug be burnt out completely or not really so we don't know you know we don't know there is a heter of Sheret Shenisraf that if it's totally burnt and, and disintegrates, it's garbage, so then, then that will be fine. But but we, we tell people that, again, this is not the shear today, but we tell people that if you're buying corn, you should rinse it before grilling it, before before using it. Now, if you have frozen corn, they say that it's not, not much of an issue because it's uh, earlier earlier in the season is when they pick it and they freeze it, and they're typically clean. But, you, you know, you buy the corn for three for a dollar, three for a dollar that that would probably coming straight from the farm. No one ever washed it, and you look go outside, you see bugs. So th- there would definitely be a concern. What about the chestnuts in New York, where they sell on the open fire? So it's, it's more like that's the Rambam, and the Rambam talks about this heter of Stam Kalim in one. He talks about nuts. He says that you could, you're allowed to buy nuts from a nachri, right? We, we, we there was a debate a few months ago in the kashrus world. Some of the hashkachos are very against the CRC having public lists. Uh, you know, which which uh, drinks don't need hashkacha, which this, which that. So, so one of the rabbanim from the CRC, he got up and he said, you know, there's an old list from hundreds of years ago of things that do not need hashkacha, you know, and one of them is the Ram. So if you find a, if the guy already made it, now you can't ask him to make it for you, but if it's already roasted nuts and you look at the ingredients, they're only roasting nuts, maybe salt, but nothing else in there. But, you know, once it's made, Halachically, you're allowed to have it. It would be no different than buying a coffee at a gas station. The coffee was already That's made. That's what they do in Paris. Also, they have the breads that they 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 bake actually up on an open fire uh, along the streets. And they always told us when we went to Paris that the from you didn't always buy them as that so you're allowed to eat it. Right. So you would have to be in touch with the, lo- the local people there, and and meaning. The, according to the Gemara, you're allowed to buy bread from Anachri, as far as kashrus is concerned. There, there might be this Xera of Pasakam, right? But let's ignore the Pasakam issue. We're, we're, Ashkenazim, we hold it's not a problem. We never accepted the Xera. So then it should be mutter. Now, with that being said, you cannot go to the store. You can't go to Walmart and buy bread without Ashkacha. Why? Because in America, many companies put in whey and milk powder, which needs Ashkacha, and is milkiks and, and not, not kosher. Milk bread is a problem. Uh, if you know that it's an artisan bread company and they know, and you know that they don't use other ingredients and you have a Hector of Stam Kalim in a but banana. They actually, they actually in, in Paris on the streets, they actually bake it in front of you and it's, it's simple uh, right, flour. Flour, right. It's ancient, by ancient recipe. Yeah, so, so, so that's why the Firma Kehilo, you know, of course, every time you go, you should speak to the Firma Kehilo, but just make sure nothing changed. But yeah, uh, they know. They're, they have boots on the ground. They know what they use. And yes, even if this fellow would come in on Tuesday nights and make uh, pork on, on that kalim, assuming there's no libun on it, still, it will be stam kalim anybody But you wouldn't be able to order it. Meaning if there is a, a hashash that the kalim are usher, I can't ask him to make it for me. We spoke about a latte is different than a regular coffee, just for that reason alone. And it still might be mutter for other reasons, but when you have a personalized drink, you're telling him, please make this for me. That would be uh, that would be different. We could talk about popcorn and movies, but I don't want to talk about that now. So it's, it's, this this concept of, of once something was made and you've and you've uh, you have either um, confirmed the ingredients or you did enough 
that halakhically you could assume there's no non-kosher ingredients, and the only question is kalim. So then, if you if if it's only a question of kalim and I'm not ordering it, they already made it. So you have this head to stop kalim in ibn which is a limit schos for those that uh, you know don't look frashkacha on many of these products that are already made at concession stands and the like. Okay, that that is uh, the second part of what we learned. Uh, just one more thing from last week, and that is. We said, let's say a person did in fact use a fleshic pot for milchiks, and he has the following question. Let me just use it for uh, parv. So we said the minog, the shach brings down the minog is that we do not use it for parv. We we have to kosher it prior to using it. Now, it's really there should be no issue, as we'll see in Simon Sadihei. To use it for power, if you're not using it for milk, you're not using it for fleshics. And in this case, it was Aina ben Yomba, it's not Buster Bachala, right? He took a sun, Sunday night, he made cheese, and Tuesday morning, he made uh, fleshics. There's no Isser here, it's Aina ben Yomba. Halacha is the minog is that we do not use it for power, you have to kosher it prior to using it. And we mentioned that because it's only a minog, let's say a person used a power pot for fleshics. Or it was a Shiloh, so many Paiskim, if, they, if they'll ask you, you, do you plan on using it for Parv anyways? You'll see that they'll say, okay, if you're using it for Parv anyways, since the whole Shiloh is a Minog, to not use something that needs koshering for Parv, so therefore they might be Mako. If it was glass, or if it was Klicheres, or if you're not sure how hot it was, some of these cases you'll see that a Rav will say, using it for Parv anyways, so you don't have to kosher it. Okay, that was part one. Part two is... The Ramah, and the Ramah has two steps to his uh, his Chumrah here. Number one is like this. So if you're following along, Simon Sadi Gimel in the Ramah, four, four words in, five words in, Vidin Kisu Kedera, Kedin Kedera Atma. The cover, the pot cover, should have the same halachic status as the pot itself, which would mean, as we just said, if you have Shishim, it's fine. Or if it's Enev B'nei if the cover was not used in the previous 24 hours, there would be no issue of, of, of Blias coming from the cover. Okay, sounds good. However, he says the following. Uh, I'm sorry, he says, Some are machmer when it comes to a pot cover. And they say, Even if you know this soup pot cover was not used in 24 hours, you made soup for Shabbos, and now Tuesday you took the soup pot cover and you covered a milchik pot. So really, the the pot is, It should not affect any of the uh, any of the milchiks in the pot, halacha is this is a chumrah. V'yesh machmirim da'afa pishe'ena ben yomai dina ke'ilu haya ben yomai. He brings down from the Shari Dura and it's found in early early Ashkenazi sources that the minog was Rabbi Reisman jokes the minog was probably from the women because the husband would say the food is fine and the women would say no it's not fine and they would ask for the food if they used the wrong cover even though the cover was ena ben ena ben yomai. And he says, This is the minog in, in several places. I'm also machmer because of the minog. He says it's a chumrah. Uh, There's no reason for it. There's no reason for this chumrah. And we'll see what exactly is the issue of a cover. What's the difference between a cover and a pot? If the cover was used in 24 hours, it should not affect any food. He says, I'm still machmer. There's any other consideration to be made. As long as the kisu ben yom, and he says, if push comes to shove, we could be makel. 
that the cover has the same status as a pot. If it was not used in 24 hours, it doesn't affect the food. But there's a chumrah on the cover. And the question is why? What's, what's the source of this chumrah? So all the uh, to, to, you know, are busy trying to figure out what exactly is the source of this Chumrah. Some go as far as to say, and this reminds us of the Mishnayis and Psachim, that maybe the Sharidura was talking in a case where they used to use dough as a pot cover. If you remember from uh, from Chametz and uh, the, the Mishnayis in the beginning of Psachim, so maybe that's what it was talking about, and dough wouldn't have the status of a pot. You wouldn't say, Eina ben Yoyma on dough, it's, it's dough, it's still here. It has flavor. Maybe that's what it's talking about. However, the accepted uh, opinion and found in the Shach and the Taz, Chach Masadam, he's even make like this, we'll see, that the concern here was for a narrow uh, cover. It comes to a narrow point or there, there's, a, there's a groove in the cover. And when we talk about Eina ben Yoyma, or Einan ben Yoyma, we're talking in a case where it's clean, but the blia, there's a there's a absorbed taste in the pot, and as long as that absorbed taste is 24 hours, any subsequent cooking will not get affected by it. That's the rule of Stam Caleb Eni Benayman. But let's say a person had meatballs, and it's not fresh; it's 24 hours old meatballs. That doesn't there's no hetter to now. If someone added cheese to it, you could eat it. Now, if it tastes terrible, it's rotten. That's something else. But the concept of a blia of 24 hours no longer having a potency, that's only on an absorbed taste. But if it's be'en, if it's still here, there's no hetter. So perhaps the concern was that there would actually be be'en, there would be small pieces inside the uh, cover. And therefore, we, we can't assume it has the cleanliness of a kedera, of a regular pot. And that is why this minog was to be machmer on all covers. Now, based on this, the Chachmas Adam says that we could be meiko if either you know it's clean or you don't have a narrow groove. You don't have you don't have that. You have a regular nice cover, and there would be no problem. Now, some of my rabbeim would say, so bismana is that it's not nagia. Skip it. And some would say no. If you have a pressure cooker or you have screws and uh, little little you know washers or the like on top, let's say sometimes a glass pot cover has little, little uh, grooves where food could get in, maybe we should invoke this minog that we should consider it a ben Now, either way, there's another machlekes. What if you, in fact, used it? Now, what's the shiloh here? So, again, a person took a... Uh, we use this uh, water, okay? So, you have this cover. The cover was ain't a ben Until I saw the Ramah, as a rabbi, I would say, even so if you had a milchik cap cover, and you put it on top of the, the fleshik Food. So again, we're going to learn later on that you have to kasha this, but would the food be okay? Yeah, because the, the blio in here is 24 hours old. Now you're telling me, well, there's little grooves there. There's, there's, a, there's a place for food to get caught. So what? So now this is going to go come out. Again, we're going to talk about this in a minute regarding kisak dera, how that works. It's, it's all hot. It's going to come out and go into the food. So the Rabbi and many places can say, who cares? At the end of the day, we have bitl bashishim. So what are you worried about? There's going to be a little bit of uh, of old food that, that okay, maybe has a good taste though. It's going to drop into the pot. It's anyways batal bashishim. And that's probably why the Ramah says it's a chumrah b'laytam. And again, the shach argues, he, he, he invokes halachas we learned before regarding a droplet that fell on top of a pot, spreads, and we're not going to learn that right now. Halacha most Pisces, when push, push comes to shove, would be Mako. Additionally, 
if you in fact wash your pots, so I would hope you use soap. If you use soap, then we would say the food itself, any particles of food, is not royal achila anyways. So it's not going to ask or anything. The only time it really comes up is regarding koshering. When you kosher something, then you're saying this pot is 100% kosher. Or let's say you're kashering something for Pesach. Pesach, even a mashahu would aser. So then, you have to be very careful when you're kashering. If you're kashering a hotel, you're kashering a restaurant for Pesach. So then, in fact, you would take a small flame and kasher and, and, and blowtorch the little grooves or a rim around the, around the pot. If you ever go to a communal kashering, you'll see that those that know what they're doing, they'll make sure to touch it with a, with a, with a torch. And you'll see actually, you know, crumbs flying out. It's probably not hummus. It's probably not not the royal achil anyways. But that's what you would do. I remember we used to kosher a bakery here, and uh, with a blowtorch, and you would see, you know, bakery is full of flour. And there was crumbs all over the place. The only way to, to kosher it is by by using a torch. Yeah. There was so a every time you, you if, if the pot is washed, it takes it out of benyamin. No, so I'm saying any ben. No, any ben. We'll talk about dishwashers in the, in the coming weeks. Any food. Let's say a person. Uh, Give an example. There's a concept called kavosh. Most sink shilas are not really a shadow, but you could theoretically have a shadow of kavosh. Kavosh, if something sits for 24 hours, kavosh can be bushel. Let's say a person had a cup of water in their sink, and they put a knife full of cream cheese in the, in the cup, and a spoon with meatballs in it, okay? So let's say that, let's say you see that happening, okay? And chas you don't want to actually wash the dish. The, the best thing to do is pour in a little soap. So that even if it sits for 24 hours, we would assume any any flavor that, that that transferring would pick up the soap, and it would be a bad flavor. It would taste like soap, which doesn't taste good, and it would be nice in town of gum. So that works for be'en. The question is, does that work for the blia? That's a shiloh regarding dishwashers, meaning if I heated up water with soap, did that take out the blia? The blia went in with heat. Maybe I need heat, the same heat to take it out with soap. That's a shaila. That's a dishwasher question. If you hold it does, take it out, then you can really use the same dishwasher for both milkers and flasheks, as long as you have soap, right? So we'll talk about that in the coming weeks in Ritz Hashem. Okay. So that's the uh, first part of the Ramah. The second part of the Ramah is really a, uh, a kitzah shochanar, so to say, on what happens when you took the wrong cover and you put it on the other pot comes up all the time. You're cooking on the same stovetop. You took from one pot, you put the wrong cover on, on the other pot. And the truth is, it's really a chazara of many things we learned. So we'll go through it quickly. We'll touch upon some of the debates in the Paiskim, but we'll see that most of it should be should be understandable. So we're beginning from Vimulakhu. Vimulakhu kisoy reiseach mikdeir shabasar. So someone took a hot kisoy, a hot cover, from a kdeir shabasar. So he has meatballs cooking on the stove, on the right part of the stove. He took, he took the cover, and he put the cover on top of the dairy being cooked on the left part of the stove. So what's the halacha? Well, it depends. If they're both hot, very simple. They're both asur. You got to kasher the pot, and you have to kasher the cover. You took a you took a fleshy cover, and you put it on a milchik pot, and this milchik's cooking in the pot right now. It's hot. You don't have shishim. You don't have any many It's both ben Both hot. It, you know, it, 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 what do you call it? it? Checks all the boxes. It's hot, ben yoimai, and um, and basar and chalav. So everyone agrees you would have to kasher it. Now he says that's in yesh machal bigdera shabasar v'chalav. If there's actual food there, if there's no food there, then we'll see that it wouldn't be a concern. Now v'makisoy tzayin v'akdera chama. Let's say the cover was cold. 
So you took the, you, you're, you're schmoozing on the phone and you took the wrong cover. This one was on the counter. It was cold. It wasn't on the, on the stovetop. You took the cold cover and you put it on the hot pot. So what did we learn? We learned this way back. Tata govar. It's a sugi on psachim. At the bottom one heats up the top. So if the bottom one was hot, the, the pot was hot, so then it would asser the cover. Okay? Now mishneim asrum, they'd both be asser. And he points out, im hischil tachas hakisoi. If the contents of the pot started steaming up, meaning if there's no steam there, then what's going to answer? There has to be some steam. Then it answered the tato govar because the bottom one wins out. It heats up the top and it transfers taste. And they're both answer. Okay. Third case, and this is the hardest one to understand. And we'll come back to it in a minute. What if the cover was hot and the pot was cold? So it's an odd case, but you took from the a hot pot, you had a cover, and you put it on the wrong pot, and the pot was cold. So here the Ramah says, Hakol Shari. Everything is mutter. Why? So we would assume because Tatogavar, Tatogavar means the bottom one wins, the bottom one was cold. However, Rak Hamachol Tzarech Klipa. The food needs a klipa. You have to peel off a thin layer of food. Let's say there was a roast in that cold pot or pan. So you'd have to take a thin layer off. In after the kofa, if it's something that could be peeled, then lav, if it cannot be peeled, it's a soup, it's something like that. Hakol shari, because it's only a chumra. Now, if there was no food at all in the kadeira, so I guess you're preheating a pot, and there was no food in it, and he took a, a cover, and he covered the empty pot. You're bored. So then, hakol shari, everything's mutter. Why? The habit, this is a rule that we've seen several times already, to have the kishtei kederos shenagu zubazu. Allah is you have two kederos that touch each other, and there's no liquid medium, even if they're both hot, it doesn't answer. Someone asked me a few minutes ago. They had a blech, and one day they decided to make pancakes on the blech, okay? That was a good idea. And uh, now, by mistake, on Friday night, this would happen when I wasn't here, but they, on Friday night, they, they put their pans, the Narmer 13 pans, on the blech. Now, we know, not a problem anyways, because it ain't been They used the pancakes a few months ago. It's 24 hours since they made milkic pancakes on this uh, blech. So, of course, the chicken and kogel is 100% fine. But even if they would have used the, pan, the blech for pancakes Friday morning, and they would have subsequently, Friday afternoon, put the... Uh, pots and pans on the blech, halach is, it's called shtei kederes. Shtei kederes, shenagazubazu, two kederes that touch each other. If there's no liquid medium in between, it doesn't answer. Now, many hold you shouldn't do a lechatechila, but definitely, but the Yavid, everyone agrees, there, there would not be an issue, and uh, you, 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 the blech wouldn't be a problem. Okay, so, let's just review. The first case, they're both hot, and there's steam, so you, you're covering it, you're going to have the steam, is going to heat up, Everything's hot, they're both asr. The second case, where the bottom one's hot, so we say tatagavar, it rises, it, it, it asrs the entire thing. And the fourth case, there's nothing going on here, there's no bleed, there's no there's no liquid medium. The third case is the interesting one, and that is where you took a hot cover and put it on a cold pot. So over here, the, the only issue is that Again, it depends how you learn the case, but the only issue is that you're going to have some condensation from the top pot falling on the bottom pot. So, there's really two questions. 
Question number one is regarding the food itself. So there we said you need klipa. That's it. What about the pot? How come the bottom pot doesn't need kedei klipa? So some learn that the bottom pot, you should do klipa. That's the shacholds. And maybe what the Ramah means is that it's it's ef shalakofa. You can't peel a pot. Maybe that's the uh, that that's what the that's what the uh, Ramah meant. But others don't know that the Ramah holds you never need to kasha the pot in this case. The whole issue is regarding the food droplets falling on the food itself, and that requires a klipa, like any other eroy klirishin. Let's say you took a cup with hot water and you poured onto something. So then, you, of course, you need kidei klipa. So this would be no different. We have droplets falling off a pot cover. It would also need kidei klipa, but it would not affect the pot. And it wouldn't affect, uh, and it wouldn't affect the cover either. Okay, that is the end of Simon Tzadi Gimel. So Mr. Hashem, next week we'll begin Simon Tzadi Dalid. And although we've learned uh, many of the halachas, what Simon Tzadi Dalid is, is, is literally what happens in the kitchen all the time. As you can see, did not kaf You took a uh, milchik spoon and you put it into a fleshik pot. So we're going to learn how to measure shishim. What does shishim mean? We'll review klirishoin. Klisheni, Klishlishi, and we'll come to many, many uh, fascinating cases. If you did it twice, you, you, you know, you made a mistake the first time and you dipped it in a second time. And uh, all, all the different halachas regarding spoons and spatulas, which come up all the time in a person's kitchen. So hang tight, and then Simon Tzadihei will learn the halachas of parv, which is what we call knot by knot, when you use a fleshig frying pan to make eggs. Can you add cheese to those eggs? You put, could you put butter on your bagel when the eggs were made in a fleshic pot? So, Hashem, as we continue our uh, our uh, limud of basa b'chalav. So, so you put something relachim into 